All right, a year and a half past the beginning of the pandemic and our property managers are still dealing with a lot of the follow. So you're probably wondering as someone who owns a rental property or is thinking about eventually buying a rental property, what do I have available to me as far as rules and guidelines? Can I increase the rental rates? What does a property manager even do as an even, and is it even worth it? And these are great questions and valid questions. So since we get questions almost every single day about property management, who to talk to, what to know, we decided to go right to the source. We went to a couple of lovely ladies in our neck of the hoods. These ladies are from the Lower Mainland British Columbia. We have Brooklyn and Cindy of Picket Fence Property Management joining us today. And they were fantastic to sit down and talk to, uh, helped us understand some of the challenges they're dealing with right now. How much you can increase your rent by in this year uh, coming up and a lot more different things that I'd never considered and other people probably don't consider around uh, property management and uh, what you need to know. So this one will be a really interesting informative episode for a lot of our clients who have just bought their first second or maybe thinking about, about buying their first property uh, to rent or maybe you're in a stage where you've got a number of properties and you're ready to offload it to other people. Again, either way, time is money and it's probably about time you start to think about hiring someone to do that that for you. So again, this episode, I was joined by my partner, Derek Williamson. you got myself, Alex McFadden. Uh, not in action today is our other partner, Dean Lawton. And we form Thrive Mortgage Co., uh, one of the premier mortgage companies in all across Canada. We were super excited back in the summer to find out we are officially currently the number one mortgage team in, in Canada, according to Dominion Lending Centers, which is the number one uh, brokerage. So pretty neat stuff. And we'd love to find out if we're a good fit to help you. So if you want to find more, find out more about your own personal situation, getting pre-approved, or you have some clients you need help with, make sure to reach out to us on Instagram at Thrive Mortgage Co. at the YBR Remo Show or check out our website at thrivemortgage.ca. Enough about us. Check out this episode. Enjoy and we'll see you next time. What's up, guys? You are listening to the YBR Remo Show, where we talk all things Vancouver real estate and mortgages, take boring topics, and make them interesting. Make sure to stay tuned to listen to everything you need to know how to put cash back in your pocket, create wealth in real estate, and simplify the complicated. Why now, more than ever, are you guys so busy, and does everybody need to have a property manager? It's pretty important, I think, for someone to have a property manager. There's so much going on. Uh, things have changed so much over the years. There's different rules and regulations, the Residential Tenancy Act, Privacy Act. It's important to know what your rights and responsibilities are as a landlord, and a property manager can help you through that. Um, we know the ins and outs of you know, all the different things that you need to do on a day-to-day -day basis, and uh, you need to be smart and hire a professional if, if this is a business for you. Yeah, it, well, and we just talked about the COVID situation a minute ago, like COVID. I mean, and you guys obviously, uh, for, we'll talk about what you guys actually do day to day in a minute here. But the fact that you guys, you know, have the experience working with tenants, working with people to find tenants, uh, I'm sure the last year to two years has been extremely interesting in regards to, uh, you know, obviously looking for tenants and just managing them in general. Like, how has that changed your business? And have you seen more people looking for property managers? you know, since March of 2020? I think there has been quite a few because there's a lot of tenants that are trying to, you know, like I said, say you can't come in right now, you can't do an inspection, you know, and they need to know how to get around that. A lot of tenants think that they have, 
you know, can make their own rules and, and they can't. Um, so it's, you know, it's been difficult and a lot of people have come to us for that. True. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, well, Derek's going to have a bunch of questions, but before I even let him start talking, we got to really explain who the heck the audience is listening to here. So <laughs> Cindy, since you've kind of led the charge there, uh, tell, obviously tell us who the heck you are and, and what's your experience in the, in the property world. Um, well, we started Picket Fence about uh, three years ago. I've been licensed for 20 years and Brooklyn's been licensed for six years. Um, and uh, a few years ago, we just decided we wanted to kind of put a brand together and make a name for ourselves. And, uh, you know, we chose that name just because we wanted to um, give our clients the understanding of the, the type of, you know, services that we're going to provide, which is professional, but friendly. It's kind of a you know, a hometown kind of feel, I guess you could say. Um, we love what we do and, and meeting new people and helping landlords and tenants. And we felt that was a good way to put ourselves out there. Cool. Awesome. And how many properties are you managing currently? <laughs> About 300 from Chilliwack to White Rock. So that's kind of our general area that we look after. Wow. That's impressive. And, you know, the one thing I'll say just in regards to property management is, you know, we help a lot of people on the finance side get into their, maybe it's their first rental property or their second. I find these issues come up on the first because everyone just thinks it'll be easy. They'll manage it themselves. They'll save the money because they want the cash flow, right? Yeah. And people really don't understand the amount of work that goes into it from your end. And I mean, in the last three minutes of what you said, um, you know, the legal side of things, I can't imagine most people have any clue, you know, uh, the, the extent of the knowledge that you guys have gained from your experience um, and just knowing how to, I guess, manipulate's the wrong word, but, but understand and maneuver tenants when they're in the wrong spot. Right. And it just goes so far. So what are the costs um, that people would typically incur in hiring a pr property manager? We try to keep it simple. Um, it's half a month initially to rent the property. Um, and that includes advertising, showing the property, taking the applications, doing all the reference checks, getting a one year lease, doing the move in condition report. These are all things that need to be done. Um, and then after that, it's 8% per month. We send you a monthly statement and direct deposit the funds into your bank account each month. Awesome. And that is a expense at the end of the year. Correct. When you're filing your taxes, that is a tax deductible cost for the investment property. You bet. Awesome. Well, let's, I mean, let's dig into this a little bit further, right? Okay. So you guys mentioned your costs right there. You work with all sorts of different landlords. I think you've mentioned this previously in our conversations, uh, Brooklyn, that you guys are working from everything from a, a single landlord to people who own multiple properties. Like, just I'm curious about trends right now more than anything else. Like, are you seeing a certain type of client more frequently than another? Uh, I, I mean, just based on your business model right now? Not necessarily. We typically, I mean, people, most of our clients, they're either moving out of town and they don't want to sell their home. So they rent it out instead. Um, or they've lived in this home and it's been their family home and they've just recently purchased something else and they're keeping it and renting out their current home that they're in. Or um, people are purchasing specifically for investment purposes. In this market, I mean, I'm not a realtor, so I don't know exactly, but obviously it's quite high. Um, and I personally thought that people wouldn't necessarily be buying to rent out right now because the costs are very high, but that's not the case at all. People are coming to us every day with new properties that they just purchased. So um, I would say more so probably people that are just purchasing just for an investment purpose mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> definitely 
Yeah. Interesting. And that's really interesting to hear that. And we've noticed particularly in the last uh, year and a half, I mean, even our team, we talk a lot to real estate as an investment, but we've also certainly noticed a big uptick in the, uh, what I would consider to be the first time uh, investor who's really opened their eyes to the power of real estate. I mean, no, look no further than the property value we've seen in the last one to two years, which is actually uh, pretty incredible. Now uh, on the idea of real estate as an investment, which is particularly what you do as a property manager, helping those people out, what types are, are you seeing more in terms of experience right now? Short, long-term, furnished, like, or maybe you just deal with one specific arena. Like, can, maybe you could speak to that for a minute. Yeah, so we don't, we just do long-term. Um, we don't do any short-term, more so just because um, anytime that we rent a property, we are charging a fee. So I don't feel that it's fair to my client to rent it out for six months and then charge a fee and then another six months charge a fee. So we typically require a one-year lease for any property that we rent out. Um, that also kind of brings a, I don't want to say a better clientele, but these are people that know that they need to be there for one year. Most people are typically looking for even longer. Um, the short term is more so people that, you know, are you maybe going to school or just started a job here and aren't really sure what's going to happen, or they're just looking for something short term and they really plan on leaving in the next few months. Um, we also don't do any furnished units. We have done a few in the past and we just feel it makes it a little bit more, um, difficult as a landlord. If you are renting something furnished, you really need to be aware and okay with the fact that if something happens to your couch or your dining table or whatever, you're most likely not getting that cost back. It's not as easy as people think to just take something from the damage deposit, um, it's just more of a hassle, I would say. So we don't uh, typically do that anymore either. Interesting. That's a good point. I got a question for you just because Airbnb and short-term rentals um, are obviously becoming more and more common in certain areas. Do you guys ever think that you will manage that type of a property or are there property managers that do that type of thing? Like I know most people just manage it themselves. Yeah. Um, have you heard of that? We personally don't, we're actually not um, allowed to manage Airbnbs with our license. However, there are companies out there. I am not very educated in that area, but I do know I've actually shown um, our rental properties to certain people that work in the Airbnb industry and have companies that kind of look after everything for you. So you hire them to hire the cleaning lady and make sure everything's okay for the next person before they come in. Um, so there are companies out there. We personally don't do that though. Awesome. Okay. Interesting. No. Now, with that being said, kind of thinking about the long-term piece, you know, a lot of people buying their uh, first property as rental or converting their uh, existing property to rental property, they try to do it themselves the first time around, which is completely fair. Uh, why not see if you can, you know, go through the process of learning how to find a good tenant and how to get somebody in there, and then potentially, obviously, looking at it from a perspective of uh, saving some of the, the cost or investment from their perspective. I imagine you probably see or hear about people making a lot of mistakes that first time around. What, what are you commonly seeing or what are the biggest mistakes that your first time, I guess, landlords are making? Uh, I think a, a couple of them, actually. Um, they don't follow all of the rules that they need to follow. They don't use proper um, agreements. Um, there's forms on the residential tenancy website, but they don't include a lot of things like smoking or lawn care and things like that. It's really good to include if it's a house or a condo. Um, you know, they 
they, they forget some things or they tend to meet the person and, and feel that they're their friend. And this is a business. Um, one lady we had actually, you know, collected $500 damage deposit instead of a thousand dollar damage deposit that she could have collected because she was trying to be nice, which was a big mistake. Um, you know, they, they tend to let things slide, um, when they shouldn't, um, should really follow the rules and people forget to do that. Right. Well, and like with that, when you say following the rules and, and let things slide, like what are the typical outcomes that ha- you've seen happen when they're either a not following these rules or guidelines? Is there some really negative consequences that you've seen come up? There is. Um, if you if you let people slide every month on the first, if they haven't paid their rent and they pay it on the third or fourth or fifth, and you let that go every single month, um, you know the tenant gets used to doing that, and then when you're trying to crack down on them a little bit they tend to think well you know will you let me do it this whole time so if you go to arbitration it it will be a problem you know or they don't give them the 10-day eviction notice on the second when they should Um, they let it slide a little bit and that just brings them into a whole another um, process that that doesn't they don't need to go through it's more difficult and actually if they so if you start letting someone pay on the fourth or the fifth every single month for say a year you might you know, the next month say, okay, you really need to pay on the first. If you end up taking these people to arbitration, the arbitrator could say that you actually set a new precedent and they're okay to pay on the fourth or the fifth now, because that's what you've been doing for the past year. Mm -hmm. So you really need to, even if you want to be nice or you're trying to stay cordial, um, you really need to follow the rules and the laws around it, or else you could just end up biting yourself in the butt. Right. (laughs) Now, based on your professional opinion who has more rights the landlord or the tenant tenants tenant all day so yeah. i think a lot of people don't know enough about the bc residential tenancy act uh, i understand there are a lot of ins and outs uh, the eviction process you know i think it was a year ago maybe two years ago uh, if you were buying a property that was tenanted uh, you had the ability to remove that tenant. Now I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but now I believe if they are in term, you actually do not have the ability to remove that tenant. Is that correct? Yeah. So there's quite a few. I'll kind of touch on this a little more because it's quite a lengthy process, but there's only a few reasons that you can evict a tenant. First of all, the 10 day notice, if they're not paying rent or if they're not paying utilities that they're supposed to um, in their contracts, then you can evict them. The second is the two month notice. So that is if you as the owner or your immediate family is moving in for no less than six months, or if you've sold the home and the new owner and their immediate family is moving in for no less than six months. That's a two month notice with the second month being rent free. Um, That is also only if the tenant is month to month. So if they are in a their current one year or whatever the lease agreement is, you are not able to get them out with that two month notice until the end of their contract. Interesting. Yeah. Some hoops to jump through. What is the process with arbitration? Like, is it, you know, you apply and then, and then they're, they're seeing you two months later. Or is it a pretty quick turnaround? It's pretty lengthy actually right now. Um, it, I used to see if I was going for a direct order of possession, say, or even just filing for uh, an arbitration hearing, um, you could do it online. And we used to get the documents within a few days. And now it's about two to three weeks before you get the documents. And your hearing is about four months away. 
So the four month notice, um, if you're doing a rent eviction, sometimes people call it or demolishing the property or anything like that, you have to actually apply an arbitration before you're able to serve the tenants with that four month notice. Um, the last month is rent free, much like the two month notice. And yeah, so you actually you have to apply, you have to get all your city permits, everything and put all permit numbers on the four month notice before you serve it to your tenants. So I mean, you guys have been doing this for a while. Have you found that the the tenancy laws and the tenancy act have gotten a lot more strict, like over the last short period of time? Was it a lot more lenient before? Um, what do you think drove most of those changes? I think a lot of owners were just trying to um, move their tenant out for many different reasons. Either they were paying lower rent and they wanted to get rid of them and try to re-rent it to someone else um, for the higher rent and uh the tenants were noticing obviously that that was happening. So the tenancy branch changed those, those rules for that reason. Um, and as you know, all the rent eviction issues and, and on the news and things like that, I think drove the tenancy branch to make the changes in the four month notice. Um, there has been several changes over the years, but um, over the past little while, I guess also because of COVID, the, the uh, rental increase restrictions, et cetera. Um, you know, there's been quite a few changes. It's, it's just no go I was just gonna say I'm, I'm just listening to you chat and it's just like the, it, it's I hate to say it but the theme of you know half what we do is that we're in a new generation as far as uh every everything we say disclaimer because of COVID but <laughs> in addition to that your job obviously has gotten substantially more interesting to have to learn these different rule changes and feedback around what you can what you can't do and who lets you in and who doesn't let you in is there any end in sight I mean I'm not going to ask you if there's any inside of COVID here but is there any end in sight to like any of these like tenants freezes, tenancy freezes, has there been a communication around anything going back to the way it was, or are we just kind of, here's where we are going forward? The tenancy branch has actually just announced that um, you can start increasing rent starting January 1st of 2022. Um, it's only 1.5%, which is significantly lower than previous years, but again, because of COVID, <laughs> it's lower. Um, but finally, I mean, after what has it been almost Two years, two years, I think, um, of rent freezes, owners can finally raise the rent, that 1.5%. Um, I mean, for a lot of owners, that's not going to be enough for the the costs that they've incurred, the property taxes and interest rates and all those sort of things. So um, those are obviously always increasing, and it's definitely difficult for them if they're not able to increase the rent on their property. But um, I was going to say earlier, I mean, it's it's kind of like anything else in life. There's a lot of great landlords and there's a lot of bad ones that have unfortunately kind of ruined it for the rest of them um, and have kind of been the ones to create these very strict rules with the tenancy branch and the exact same thing with tenants. There's some really amazing ones and some not so great ones. So the not so great ones definitely ruin it for the rest. And that's why we have these really strict rules in place now. And that's, I mean, just the way it is. I don't see that decreasing at all over time. I think it's, it's kind of the way it is now. Tenants definitely have a little more say over landlords, yeah, I would say. Interesting. So, th th I mean, this is really helpful to hear this uh, feedback from someone who's working in the industry and seeing this all day. And, you know, Cindy being in this Obviously, for quite a, a few years, you've probably seen the tenancy laws become more and more and more in favor of the tenants. Uh, it makes me think about uh, just provinces and how they operate. Um, you know, a lot of people that we talk to will not, they won't buy rental properties in British Columbia 
purely because of the fact that you're you're hamstrung if you're a landlord to a degree. Um, Alberta, obviously, you're we flip the coin. You're on the other side of the equation, and you're in a position where you do have the I don't want to say power, but you have a lot more rights as a landlord when compared to uh, British Columbia. Like I guess, kind of going back on that, do you think? And again, this is probably a question. I don't know if you'll be able to answer this, so we'll try. Do you think that the the fact that there are so many restrictions is one of the reasons we do have such limited rental supply from landlords? Do you think that's stopping a lot of people from? considering pursuing um, investing and, and having people in their homes? Absolutely. I, I definitely think that's uh, an issue. Um, I mean, people, tenants, they do need to have rights, but um, for landlords, they, you know, are, I, I actually just had a friend that um, decided to sell their home. Uh, they moved to another home and instead of renting it out, they sold it just because they didn't want the headache or the hassle. And they knew that the tenant would have a lot of rights if they moved mm -hmm. in. And then they wouldn't be able to move them out, et cetera. So I, I think landlords just feel they don't have the freedom to do what they want with their property. So they, they choose to sell it instead. Interesting. So to me, what that says is first and foremost, screening in the upfront process is, is way more important now than it, it's ever been. And it continues to be that way. Mm -hmm. And that ongoing relationship with the tenant continues to be so important. So you guys just got way more valuable, I guess. <laughs> I think it's also very important as well. Um, I did want to mention this. Like you said, there's a lot of realtors that listen to this, which is amazing. Um, a lot of realtors and no hate towards them, and this is not their fault, but they are not educated on in the residential tenancy aspect of things. Um, and a lot of them tell their clients that they can just, oh, buy the home, kick the tenant out, re-rent it for more. And that's, you know, what we hear of most of the time. And I really would love to get all realtors to know that is not the case. Don't tell your clients this. It's setting them up for failure. It's setting them up to call me and freak out because they're now worried and have this huge mortgage. And it's definitely causing a big problem. So it would be lovely if the Real Estate Council um, educated all everyone with a license, any licensee, on these aspects, but that's not so. Here I am to tell them all. <laughs> Perfect. What what are there like on that note? Like you, that that's really helpful for a lot of agents. There's, there's probably a lot of relatively new agents or maybe inexperienced in in real estate as an investment, and maybe just don't know. Is there yeah. anything else that you see that would be helpful uh, to clients or investors as far as common misconceptions that you're hearing that you would hope that you know, there's a better general knowledge around? I think the two month notice when, when you are a realtor and you have a client that's purchasing a, a home and you need to, and there's a tenant in there and they want to, the, the client, the purchaser wants to move in. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it's helpful to give a little bit of time. Some realtors um, will do completion possession, like right at the end of the month on the first, it's nice to have a day or two to um, kind of make sure that the tenant has vacated. Tenants are supposed to leave by 1 PM on the last day of the month but they can't move into their new home until the first or until 1 PM on the first it leaves a 24 hour window where anything can happen. So a lot of tenants, they vacate. It's not a problem, but for some tenants, they can't move into their place until the first and the, the purchaser takes possession um, on the first and they want to move in and the tenants moving out. And, you know, so it's nice just to give yourself a buffer. Um, mm -hmm. If you can even go, you know, a week after the first, that's great for completion so that you give everyone a chance to make sure that everything is done properly. Um, and it, it makes your job a lot easier, I think, as a realtor. That's really important. And that actually comes into play on our side as well, because, well, 
you know, maybe a client is buying a rental property and they have subject removal on the last day of the month. Right. Mm -hmm. And the goal is to remove subjects on the last day of the month so they can issue that two month notice. Mm -hmm. But if for some reason we need an extension for a day, it's pushing everything again. Right. So there's all this pressure to get it done in a short period of time. So uh, when it comes to purchasing an investment property, you know, realtors that are listening uh, and I know it doesn't always work out as everyone had planned, but if you can time it so that the subject removal date is, you know, maybe a few days, a few days before the end of the month, uh, that is probably your best bet just because it's, you know, financing, as everybody knows, there can be delays just like, uh, you know, everything that comes into play with that. So it can easily push that out for another month. Also for us, it's mm-hmm. very important because we will have realtors that will text us or email us and say, okay, go start with the notice. And I mean, on the 31st, that's one of my busiest days of the month. And I'm not running to serve that notice right then and there. So if I don't give that notice directly to the person face to face on the 31st, there's no chance. It's not deemed received. Um, if oh, wow. they send it to them in person on the 31st. So if they're not home and we don't have time to go back or something, then it's it's not legal. The notice has not been served and then you'll have a problem. If we post it on the door, it's deemed received three days later. And if we send it registered mail, it's deemed received five days later. Mm. So it really is important. We ask all of our clients to give us at least a week to make sure that that notice is served. And especially when there's a sale involved, it can be so important because that can, I mean, we have had it turn into almost a lawsuit and very, just very bad things happening. So you want to make sure that if it's someone working with a property manager, you give your property manager the adequate time to serve it. Or if it's yourself, you're on that doorstep, handing it to them face to face or else you'll have a problem. Yeah, I, I think like my this is such valuable information for everybody here. Uh, not to scare you against buying it. I mean, it sounds like we're trying no. to scare people against buying our own investment. <laughs> but the reality is, I think what it is, is just like buying a home or or anything. There's a lot of scary things that can happen and a lot of things that can go wrong. Yeah. Um, you know, either A, if you like if you have the time to research and know all this, awesome. Give it a shot, go for it, be your mm-hmm. landlord. I mean, I personally do manage some uh, piece of real estate, but you know, even as a business owner, honestly, I got no interest or time in doing it anymore uh, beyond this from that perspective. And one of the things that I'm looking at is when you're analyzing your investment. So just speaking to the audience here, when you're analyzing your investment, you're analyzing keeping your home, just factor in one day, if you were to, again, look at bringing on property managers or bringing somebody into it, how would that work with your numbers? Because at the end of the day, that's time. Time is worth money. What does that mean to you? So you said 8% of the monthly revenue is what your rent is what you're uh, charging for a typical, is that pretty standard across the board? I think think it's very, yeah, I think 8% is pretty much what everybody charges. I have heard people charging 10%. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think eight is probably the lowest I've I've heard of. Like it's Mm -hmm. very average. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, perfect. So again, a huge, huge helpful uh, information items for someone who's putting together performers or adding this into management, 8% to 10% is your numbers. And then typically a half month up front to get rid of the hassle of, hey, um, uh, I'm your tenant and I'm calling you at midnight on Saturday and I need a plumber, right? So yeah. you guys get to deal with that fun. Right, yeah. exactly. Perfect. Yeah. That's worth I mean, the money. On a good right note, as a, as an investor, I mean, there's lots to gain as well. Obviously, as you know, um, you know, someone else is, you know, paying your mortgage and you're gaining all of that equity. So it really is a, a big win. And if you don't have all the headache and you have a property manager instead, um, you know, it's the money's just coming in and you're gaining. Agreed. 
Was there anything in parting that you really wanted to add as far as value to the listeners, anything informational or educational that they need to take away outside of what we already discussed today? Yeah, I think we discussed a lot about um, residential tenancy rent and the rules um, around evictions and things like that. Um, As for our business in particular, we feel like we have a lot to offer our clients um, that kind of sets us apart from the rest. We are, like we said, just kind of a smaller, you know, mother-daughter team that we do look after 300 properties between Chilliwack and White Rock. Um, But we are there 24-7 for our clients, which we find is really important. Customer service is our number one um, and really just showing our clients that we really appreciate them. I mean, without them, obviously, we would not have this business. So it's really important for our clients to know. um, And I think it makes them feel much better that when they email us or call us or text us, it is us on the other end. And we are always answering them. We're independent. So we hang our license at Royal Page, North Star, shout out to them. And, and, you know, in summary, you know, basically getting to know uh, both of you, uh, Brooklyn and and, and Cindy, through not only just this uh, episode, uh, but also prior engagements, I think really what I'm hearing is that when you're working with a property manager, you want to interview the property manager too. You want to really understand who they are, what their business model is, and make sure that matches with the property you're buying. No different than looking for that real estate investment, have a good conversation, find out what their availability is. And and I would say definitely if somebody's in that lower mainland area, you're one of the ones they should be having a conversation with. So, you know, thanks so much for for bringing so much value, uh, information, education to the show. Um, And uh, really appreciate you ladies for what you do. Thank you so much. That was a ton of good information. We can tell you guys are passionate about this business, right? Like it just screams passion in this conversation. So absolutely love it. You guys have brought a ton of value to, you know, realtors, investors, uh, mortgage brokers, and us personally. So thanks for jumping on here and and taking the time to do this. Thank Thank you so much for having us.